Gridiron Show and it's the Week 6 preview show. We've got a big name special guest in Cole Beasley, the favourite target of potential Rookie of the Year candidate Dak Prescott. Ben Mortimer is going to join us from Touchdown Trips and we're going to preview all of the weekend's game, talk some Thursday night football, a bit of Kaepernick reaction and we're even going to get a bit more of the office gossip. This is the Gridiron Show. I left the music for uh, for Ollie Long this time. Thanks, man. Just just for you, uh, Ollie Hunter, Will Gavin in the front room again. I like this new setup we've got. And once the man cave is finished out in the garden, this is going to be glorious. Because well, let us know at Gridiron if the audio quality is good. But I think this sounds great, and uh, it means we don't have to go to work. So. If you do say so yourself. Plus, I don't mean the quality of the oh, right, right. <laughs> the content might be terrible, but uh, the the uh, audio quality sounds great. Fine. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a long time before the man cave is ready. I don't know if it is, you know. I know Look, we've just I've been up just there, been up there <laughs> and it, it's, it's a disgrace. We've got to have it ready for Glastonbury next year. So it'll be ready for the 2017 season at least. Hold up. Why have you got to have it ready for Glastonbury next year? Because we failed to get Glastonbury tickets this year. Whoa, and so there is a Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm over it now. It was last Sunday. But, you know it's going to be the greatest ever lineup. Well, the problem is, is this what, so the only other time I've missed out on tickets by purely missing out on tickets was when Stevie Wonder played. Oh, so no, I was initially okay Stevie. with it. And then I was really angry. This year it's meant to be Radiohead headlining. Uh, so another trip to see them in Europe somewhere? Yeah, all right. Done. Bang. Uh, <laughs> I won't be able to go to. Brilliant. There's so much to cram into today's show. It's going to end up being about an hour and a half long at this rate. So we better crack on. Coming up, we're going to be speaking with a slot receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, Cole Beasley. There's an interview I was doing both for us, but also for Gridiron Magazine and Pro Football Focus Magazine. So I ended up spending 35 minutes on the phone with him. Whoa. Um, we, we bring you about 15 minutes of that on the podcast, chatting about the current team and stuff, but... The stuff offline about the slot receiver position, his love for Jason Witten, there was some really good stuff in there. So we may bring that to you in extended play. Did you ask later about his day. hair? I didn't ask about his hair. I did tell him about the jersey bet, though. And What's the jersey bet? Well, the, if the Cowboys make the playoffs this year, I have to wear a Cowboys jersey to the first international series oh, game yeah, next yeah. year. <laughs> you can hear his reaction to that in a little while. Uh, ben Mortimer is going to join us from Touchdown Trips for a bit of a special announcement. Uh, Touchdown Trips, if you're not familiar with them, uh, another uh, one of the sports travel companies that uh, deal with uh, specific NFL well, they, there's a few companies attached to them, but they deal with specific tailored NFL road trips and they do some superb work and we'll speak to them in a bit as well. Plus all the usual nonsense. Uh, thank you to Jim McKinnon, before we even start, for sending us in Ollie's picks for last week so that we can update him on the overall scoreboard. Uh, he, my, my favourite part of the direct message that he sent both me and Ollie was when he put in there... Uh, Ollie uh, was about to make his Browns prediction, but Will interrupted him. <laughs> you did. I remember you interrupting <laughs> me at the time. Uh, 
Uh, of course, I would have gone for the Patriots over the Browns. Well, he did say that you said it was going to. They were going to go zero and sixteen potentially. So I guess that counts as a prediction. Yeah. Uh, I. I it, I'll tell you what. I was going to save this for when we talked about the Browns. But earlier on, I was looking up some NFL. Uh, I was looking up my uh, bets for this weekend. I put an accumulator on the NFL every weekend. And bet um, responsibly, though, guys. Uh, absolutely, please uh, gamble responsibly and all that. Um, but I was on the Skybet website. And all that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not work at the moment. Other don't, websites are available. Don't need to read the script perfectly. No, they're not. Only Skybet is available. I will shill for some TalkSport 2 nonsense. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Skybet, if they want to sponsor us, that's fine. But other betting sites are available. I'll give, Sandra, I'll give Sandra a ring and see if he'll throw us a, a $50 three bet or something. Um, when I went there, I was looking at the odds for the rushing title. And as part of which I ended up on the um, odds for... Uh, they, they had a special market for when will the Browns get their first win. Oh, wow. Um, if they don't win this weekend, yeah. the favourites for them to get a winner against the Jets in Week Eight at five to two. The sec, do you want to know what the second favourite is? Yeah, for them to go zero and sixteen. No way. <laughs> they are favourite <laughs> nine and two to go zero and sixteen. Nine and two. No, no, nine. Yeah, they are nine to two to go zero that and sixteen. That is ridiculously short. And uh, every other game is like. Anywhere from 14 to 1 to 25 to 1 against. <laughs> it's incredible. Do you know what? If you put oh, on... the poor Browns. If you put on a fiver on every single one of those games, they've got 10 games left, right? You would end up... If one came in, you'd end up making your money back. Yeah, you would. But if none of them came in, you'd only get your 9 to 2 bet on them going 0 and 16, in which case you're not going to make your money. That's what gambling's all about, Will. <laughs> That's why it's called gambling, mate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I put an O in here to have a quick Kaepernick reaction, but let's just do that around the Bills 49ers game. I don't care enough. Yeah, good idea. Um, office gossip, Ollie Hunter. Now, people loved the uh, story last time about rep- hashtag reply to Alex. And you sent me a message yesterday going, I have got, I think the word you used was doozy. I do like a doozy at the a moment. A doozy. Now, have I told you about the... I've got a new favourite sound drop, by the way. Just, okay. uh, just I'm going to drop in occasionally. Have I told you about the Radio um, Academy Awards? Uh, the uh, the Arias, the uh, the Arias. So, in radio, uh, you get they've got a new stupid got a name, new, and they're uh, up north now. They're up to north in Leeds, and they're the the awards like the Oscars for radio, but they're not <laughs> really. They're not really. They're, they're they're more like the what's the worst version of the awards we get? It's more Brits. like the soap awards the for awards. radio. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the help for heroes awards. Oh, come on, mate, mate, you can't say that. Support our troops and all that. Carry on. <laughs> Why would I? I'm a pacifist. <laughs> okay, uh, but they, they chose that. We, this is a road that I did not want to go down. I'm going to back out of it. Uh, so anyway, my show. <coughs> oh, nice. You managed to get it. That's genius. (laughs) Carry on. My show has been nominated for an award. The one that I work on. The drive show. Not your show. Not the Ollie Hunter show. Not the Ollie Hunter show or this show or the NFL show. Uh, But the drive show with Goffey and Durham on TalkSport has been nominated for an award uh, for stuff that's happened over the last year. I, I built... You have to do like a a package of, of the best bits and I did that. I created the package of the best bits. I um, selected the best clips and built, put it all together. It got sent off and all of the ones, every show did it. At, and they only picked the drive show for the best show. Fine. So you'd expect 
people that work on the show that would go to the awards, wouldn't you, Will Gavin? I would expect that. Yes, Ollie Hunter. So the producer and the assistant producer who no longer work on the show uh, are both going. One of which has really fallen, one of which has fallen out badly with uh, with the presenters. Uh, tell me their names and I'll uh, bleep it out later. <laughs> Why are they going? Uh, neither of them work on the show anymore. Neither of them work on the show. No one that works on the show currently is going. And the only person that has been there the whole time and works on the show still, me. Am I going? Am I going, Will Gavin? I imagine you're not going. I'm not going! There's so much anger in his what eyes is right this? now. I don't like it. Uh, I'm not even I, going! What can I do to cheer him up? Uh, cheer up it doesn't work it doesn't work right not even going oh mate i feel bad for you but i know that we're on a time deadline this week and we've got so many interviews and stuff to cram in that hashtag uh, hashtag office gobbit (laughs) office (laughs) office (laughs) gobbit What's office gobbit? <laughs> no idea. I've just been taking. Basically, I wasn't even listening to your story. Really, I was just taking yeah, photos. You're really of, distracting me at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know I why. Just, I was just taking photos of us. Mate, uh, it feels like in my front care. room doing the podcast, so we could tweet them out so people see what we look like it while feels we're like recording. You don't care about my office gobbit. <laughs> Office Hobbit. You are the Office Hobbit, so that goes down quite nicely. I went out for uh, drive drinks last night. That's why I'm feeling a bit prangy. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> a Adrian bit prangy. Durham, yeah, prangy. Adrian Durham at TalkSport Drive posted a, a picture of the team um, and then put it on Twitter. And uh, have a look at the picture. Oh, yeah, Live right. look at the I'll picture. look at the picture while I do that. Remind people, Adrian Durham will be tweeting about this because he was angry he hadn't been, sent a t- hadn't yeah, been given a ticket. Yeah, been Remind angry. people about our international series party. So our international series party after the last game uh, at um, Bloomsbury Bowling, 30th of October. There'll be, uh, there'll be people going, <laughs> famous people, maybe some famous people. <laughs> will and I will be going as well. £10 a ticket. £10 a ticket. You get a beer and a Gridiron magazine, um, which I have never had, by the way. I've never had one of those magazines. I even write for the thing. I've never had one of those magazines. I did a, I did a Madden review for it uh, in this. It, it, what bar are you in there? Oh, we're in the Is sports, that sports bar. bar and grill. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Um, so so uh, scroll down. Many people have called me uh, upside down head. One person, <laughs> one person said. One person said. Uh, you do look like a character from Guess Who. <laughs> <laughs> one person said. Uh, funnily, I look bolder on that than I do in real life. Yeah, I think you do. I think they're absolutely right. You've looked like perfectly well. Glass of wine for Hunter has been the question from uh, from the Talksport kickoff oh, official account. A little, a little uh, tip. Goffey had the wine, but he didn't want to seem like he had a wine. So Amazing. He, I, he put a beer in front of him. Um, Goffey has turned into poor Hollywood. Who is the guy with his head on upside down? <laughs> and someone else has asked about, guess which one of those starred in The Hobbit? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Office Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, you are officially The Office. That is an amazing picture. Do you see Smudge at the back? Uh, yeah, well, of course I do. I he's call in the him Roids because he's... He, because we reckon he's taking steroids because well, his arms funny. are huge. That's, that's not a funny thing to say. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, really... He's so angry all the time. Shall we... Um, Office Gobbit has really cheered me up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're so hungover, it's hilarious. You've got your little cup of tea with your T-Rex hates push-up logo on it. You're uh, you're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
my god uh for a show that's meant to only be uh, like half an hour 35 minutes of us chatting we've spent a long time not talking about football <laughs> thursday night football philip rivers threw for 178 yards and a touchdown to pass hall of famer dan fouts and become san diego's all-time passing leader and the chargers held off the broncos for a 21 to 13 win on thursday night the chargers end the broncos record 15 straight road wins in the afc west <laughs> Oh, yeah. On gridiron-magazine Pick'em, what did you take, Will Gavin? I took the San Diego Superchargers. So did I! Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I just looked at that game last I night. I fancied them. And I saw the way that the Broncos had played at the weekend, and I just thought, Chargers can't throw it away again. They They tried. They really tried. They, really tried they, they had a twenty-one to three lead in the fourth in the fourth quarter, <laughs> kicking the ball away. I it just after was it after the safety, and it just all went to to pot. But um, look, what I liked about this: the Chargers set the terms really early in the contest. Two long drives to start the game to go ten nothing up. Seventeen minutes, twenty-nine plays to open the game. The Broncos' offense, which has kind of struggled the last two weeks, I thought with Trevor Simeon back in, they might. Be able to uh, might be able to pick it up a bit. They only had two first downs in the first half. It was until late in the third quarter that the third one came. The offensive line with uh, Ty Sombrero in at right tackle is an absolute mess. Mm. They need to make some adjustments with Trevor Simeon very quickly. And whilst, it didn't look very good, by the way. Well, whilst I like the defensive side of the ball, obviously, because it's the Broncos' defence, um, a great stat that Rich Graves sent me, um, that Denver has allowed 31 points on opening drives through the first six games of the season, which is the most in the NFL up to this point. They only allowed 24 points total on opening drives in the entire of the 2015 season, including playoffs and the Super Bowl. That is a great stat. So uh, it's been a drop-off. Um, for, for positives for Broncos, Devontae Brooker, Devontae Booker, Brooker, he averaged 7.6 yards per carry, had a few really big plays. And on the eye test, Ollie. Eyeball test. Is it eyeball test? Oh, I think they're the same thing. I like an eyeball test. On the I'd, cornea test. So I was a little, little drunk last night, so I don't remember <laughs> um, uh, watching it too much on Twitter. It was really good on Twitter, by the way. The adverts are annoying, but it's good on Twitter. But um, from the highlights that I just watched just now, he looks like a really good player. He's big, he's strong, he's powerful, he runs well. I like him. The deeper you get, the more impressive it is. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the, the last bit of that drop, I really like, because I've turned it into a drop of its own. Um... <laughs> Just for any time you say something ridiculous. Um, um, <laughs> bit of love for the Chargers, though. Yeah, uh, Joey Bosa looks good, doesn't Their he? Their rookies had an absolute day. So uh, Joey Bosa looks like a, a potentially game-changer talent. I know we're going to talk about Zeke Elliott with Cole Beasley, and I know that Zeke Elliott has been incredible, but actually Z- Joey Bosa looks like exactly what the Cowboys could have done with to turn themselves into a Super Bowl team. Sorry, I know that's going to go down like a sack of pants because uh, I don't want to have to go back and bleep stuff out. <laughs> um, it's going to go down badly, but I just... You know, Joey Bosa is the exact player it looks like they needed. I know we've got a very small sample size, but beyond him, Henry Hunt, Hunter Henry, Henry Hunter. Did you know whatever his that name would is. have been my name if I wasn't called Ollie? Henry? Yeah, You'd my, be Henry Hunter? My dad wanted Henry. My mum wanted Oliver. Oh, I wish you were called Henry Hunter. You could really be our Chargers correspondent then. Um, that would it, have been amazing, wouldn't it? Outplaying Antonio Gates, becoming the go-to guy both in the seam and the red zone. The punter. 
Kayser, the villain against the Raiders for that dropped snap. Punt work. P- pinned the... Uh, yeah. Kick work. Kick watch. Uh, Pin the rate, pin the Broncos back deep three separate times in big spots in the second half. Yep. And uh, Jatavis Brown, who? Who? Fifth round linebacking rookie. So there was the big play that kind of swung the game uh, in Chargers' favour late on when finally the Broncos were getting rolling. And then CJ Anderson had the 20 yard touchdown run, which was called back for the hold by Russell Okung. Well, that's obviously that slice of fortune that maybe, maybe the difference between Mike McCoy keeping his job or not. But. The two plays after that, Jatavis Brown had a massive sack and then a forced fumble and 13 solo tackles on top of that. I know who my number one waiver claim is going to be in our IDP league this week. Who? Um, not the guy I just mentioned because you're in the same league as me. Uh, <laughs> so the Chargers get a win. We had a few tweets in about this Actually, one. Actually, I am behind you on the wave, ahead of you on the waiver wire. So I am going to pick him up right I'm now. I'm going to lose this weekend. <laughs> we can't pick him up now. They've just played. Well, I'm going to pick him up. Is there any way Mike McCoy is still with the Chargers by the end of the year? Alex asks. I think after last night, there's every chance. And we're going to talk about there's the Raiders-Chiefs com- game coming up on Sunday. If the Chiefs win that one, then there's two games separating top from bottom of this division, six mm. games in, and it almost goes back to feeling like anyone could come out of it. So, I don't know why not. It's a really fascinating division, that, isn't it? Yeah. The AST, somebody else has tweeted us about the NFC South asking if they should be the division of disgrace. I've got a sneaky choice for the division of disgrace that I'm going to reveal later on. Oh, okay. Oh, I like this. Tease. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Talk, speaking of tees. Very nice. Melvin Gordon. He looks a player, doesn't he? Well, he does. Um, he had a poor game last week. He didn't actually have to do a huge amount this week. The, my only concern with the Chargers is that they went super conservative. Actually, I, I didn't mind it because I got Josh Lambeau in a couple of leagues as a kicker. So I got loads of points last night. Not Vinatieri level, but like 13 points. Yeah, he's um, decent. So no complaints particularly. But they settled for field goals on a number of occasions where they could have killed off the game. Mm. That concerned me maybe a little bit. This was one of my favourite tweets He today. Mike McCarthy did. Uh, well, on that point, Adam <laughs> tweets... Mike should be happy, surely. With that in mind, what would be your power rankings of, t- of coaches named Mike and then surname beginning with M and ending in a Y? So power rank the three head coaches currently in the league with that, with that name. Who's the final one? Uh, come on. I'm going to see. It's, this is a test. It's a quiz, Ollie. Come on. I've got to have some kind of... There's McAvoy. Is it McAvoy? No, uh, that, you're thinking of Ben McAdoo, but no. Uh, no. Mike Murr... Well, McCarthy. Mike Mer- Malarkey. Mike Malarkey at the Titans. There yes. we go. And he's clearly bottom of the power rankings. Mike McCoy in the middle and Mike McCarthy at the top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But McCoy might uh, leap over Mike McCarthy. What a real niche. Power <laughs> Thanks, Foxcroft. Uh, just a, a couple of other things <laughs> off Twitter before we speak to uh, Cole Beasley. Tom Willoughby tweets us saying, I don't suppose you guys know if there's going to be a Saturday event for the upcoming International Series games a la Regent Street. Um, we had the latest media lineup sent to us by the guys at NFL UK. They send us kind of a, a breakdown of the week, when the team's going to arrive at the airport, when they're going to be doing training, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we know where we need to be and now. when. And neither of the next two games currently have something listed as the... Uh, currently have nothing listed on the Saturday at all. Now, now, was this the same last year? No. Well, the thing is, so they said to us, when we spoke with Alistair Kirkwood earlier this season, he said to us that... 
you know what they try what they they have to be realistic in what they can afford and what they can put on every year and so they try and vary it for each of the different games but then Neil Reynolds tweeted something saying that he believed there would be an event for each of the next two games so maybe something in Trafalgar Square but at the moment they've not announced it and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see anything at all for at least one of the games what I do know is that for Twickenham they are going big at the event itself that's true yeah so there's going to be the big tailgate in the car park there's going to be big screens and there's going to be after the game you can go back in because Twickenham is a nightmare to get back from after yeah. if eight, there's 80,000 people pour out of there the nearest train station is like a 15 minute walk away 25 in that kind of foot traffic there's replacement buses there's no cars allowed it's all a bit of a nightmare so they're letting um, they're opening up that tailgate again big screens showing the 6pm Sky game you'll be able to get a beer in there as well so assuming the weather holds up actually it might be nice to go out and watch that 6pm game with all the fans you've just been watching Mingle. the game with and then head yeah. head back a bit later on I think that might be what I do yeah. um, certainly it's a, it's an option so at the moment nothing on the Saturdays I'm afraid Thomas but hopefully we'll get some more news on that there were a couple of tweets we got in um, that I think we should address after this weekend okay so Nick tweeted us saying which rookies on both sides of the ball have impressed you so far this year and well you mentioned at the top of the show um, even in your opener, candidate for offensive rookie of the Adapt Prescott, if he managed to keep, manages to keep out Tony Romo, it's either him or Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I say this very thing to our next guest. Oh, the other goes. question, just to very quickly touch on it, Josh Hunter: If the season ended today, who's the MVP? Matt Ryan, and I put save it for Monday show. But if Ryan wins this weekend, whoa, was I think my exact reaction? We'll need some kind of Falcons drop because there'll be that. Do we not have like a, a squawk? Know. No, well, that'd be a good one to have. Squawk! Let just generic bird noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it worked for the Eagles, the Seahawks, loads Ravens. of them. Perfect. Bang. Um, so are let's there get... more birds or animals in the NFL? Uh, birds are animals. But... Yeah, I'm aware of that. I was thinking about this. So there's three pirate teams. There's like four. This is a conversation to have off air. What are we doing? <laughs> let's get to our interview. Uh, brilliant. I spent 35 minutes on the phone with him late last night, and we're going to bring you about 15 minutes of this now. Really interesting chat. He's quite a laconic guy, quite kind of, uh, you know, uh, considered in what he says, but actually had some really interesting things to say and, and, and pulled back the curtain on a few things. I found it really fascinating chat. I hope you do as well. Uh, it is the slot receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, Cole Beasley. I started off by asking him, you know, you must be pretty pleased with how the season's got underway. Oh, yeah, it's going good, man. You know, the guys are doing a good job of taking it one game at a time. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to, to get another opportunity at another W this week um, before the bye. Um, you know, preparations is pretty much the same every week but um i mean it's different based on team but um it's going pretty well you know when tony goes down in before the season and it's clear that you're going to be moving to dak with the offense and uh, you did you imagine you yourself after five weeks would be leading the team in receptions in yardage and looking like you know uh, making that next step on and that next bit of progression in a career that's progressed year on year so far you know, I really, it's crazy. I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, you never do once a new guy comes in. You know, you're used to playing with one guy. And then, well, I mean, besides last year, you know, we had the injury as well. So we had to play with a few other guys. But um, when a new quarterback comes in there, you never know what to expect. And you don't know, you know, how they're going to play or, or you know, who who they're going to like to throw the ball to or what. So, um, you know, it's kind of a surprise. But, um, you know, I just, I really don't think about – you know, who's in their quarterback much, you know, it's really focusing on my job and doing my part to help the team win. 
I'm intrigued to know what your take on Dak has been, though, because he seems to have mastered that pro offense, the protections from that line, going through his progressions all so quickly. And, and I know you're a guy who you played quarterback in high school before converting to receiver. So you know not only you know about the jump to position, but also the jump to, to a different league as well. Have you been amazed just how quickly he's picked all of this stuff up? Um, yeah, because, you, you know, you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks come in and, you know, they're just not prepared. By, I mean, either they're a step behind and um, whether it be adjusting to the speed of the game or um, just, you know, even picking up the offense as quickly as he did. You know, he's he's definitely a step ahead in, in every category. I mean, he came in, it was like um, he had been in this offense before and it really didn't take him take him long. You know, once he – I mean, he got reps with us early in, in camp and stuff because – uh, Kellen broke his ankle, Kellen Moore, and then uh, um, Tony would, you know, he'd have some off days here and there just to um, just to make sure the back's all right and everything. So, like, we had some reps then, and even then he he came in, he was poised and confident and um, knew what to do, and, you know, that's what you want to see. Um, even though they're, they're rookies, you still expect them. I mean, the standard is still the same, you know, whether it's Tony in there or a rookie quarterback. I, I was amazed particularly looking at that game against San Francisco going down 14 points early and I know San Fran they're not a rated team this year particularly but for a rookie quarterback in just his fourth or fifth game in charge of an offense fourth round pick just seemed to show great maturity in that situation yeah I mean you you said it you know they're not like uh the record hasn't shown them being a very great team but um, you know, their defense is pretty complex and complicated and they match a lot of stuff and they made it difficult for us to throw it in, in the middle of the part of the field. And, you know, it was a little harder for me to get open because there were so many people in there. You know, it was, it was just a different game for us. And, you know, they have guys kind of all over the place and it's always muddy looks. So um, he definitely did a, a great job handling it and adjusting to it. And, um, and he'll continue to do so. And I think as, as an offense as a whole, what's really impressed me so far is, is how often that t- your team, you guys empty the backfield, spread out and seem to trust Dak to make the reads. How much have you guys focused on that in practice and in making sure that, you know, everyone is set in position, running their routes and making it nice and easy for him to be able to read that field? Well, that was part of, you know, what he did in college. And, you know, he's part of the reason we've done it. I mean, we've always done it before, but we've, we're doing a little more this year just because that's kind of what he's, been used to and accustomed to in college so um our offense kind of adapted with him coming in but um he's he's just done a great job of 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 knowing what to do and um going through progressions like you said and um he spreads the ball around that's that's one of the greatest things about him he doesn't care he'll throw it to he throws it to the open guy and he doesn't try to do too much he doesn't force any throws and um that's why he's played so well I remember your first season. I can remember you catching my eye early on, Cole, when uh, you kind of seemed to pop up on third downs in spread formations, making those big, important catches. It must feel like you've kind of almost had a little bit of move back to your rookie season. Um repeat the question again? Sorry, I'm just saying, I remember in your first season, I, I remember you catching my eye popping up on kind of third downs in spread formations, making those kind of right. first down plays. And I'm just saying for you, it must almost feel like a move back to what you were doing back in that rookie year. Yeah. I mean, his job's a little bit, you know, a little bit bigger than mine right now. I mean, <laughs> you got to control the whole offense, but um, you know, it's, it's nice to see young guys come in and, and contribute like Dak and, and Zeke have come in and done so far. And, you know, 
the, ex- the expectation now is, you know, that they do that every game because that's what they've shown on film. You know, that's your, that's your resume, so that's what's expected. So, um, you know, but they're young and, and they should only get better from here. And I mentioned at the top there, you've emerged early on as, as the kind of favorite target in, in air quotes, as it were. What's your relationship like with Dak in practice, off the field? How are you developing that to make sure that when it comes to being on the field, it can be kind of symbiotic? You know where each other is going to be going. Well, it's it's all about communication. You know, any time, you know, we're going over a specific player or anything, I want to get into his head and pick his brain on what he thinks, and, and then I'll tell him what I'm thinking based on coverage of what I should do if, if it's an option route or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's just communication and talking about what we saw and what we were thinking, so we're on the same page um, all the time. And, and, and off the field, you know, Dak's a guy that anybody can get along with, um, you know, great personality, uh, doesn't have an ego or anything like that. He's all about the team and team success. So, I mean, it's easy to get along with the guy. I, I wonder as well for you, Cole, that um, I, I remember reading in your first season uh, that you had a situation where you, you kind of abruptly left during training camp, at one point considered not actually returning. You did come back, you return, you make that final 53-man roster. When you reflect back on, on that time for you as a rookie and, and compare it with where you are now, what, what are your thoughts on that time? Uh, that was a rough time for me, man, because it was just a different situation and and, you know, playing for the Cowboys um, at a young age can be um, pretty overwhelming for, for a young guy coming in who, I mean, especially if you're a small-town guy and, you know, come from a small college and uh, then, auto, I mean, playing for the Cowboys, you're automatically in the spotlight all the time. And um, it's just, I was at a point in my life where I didn't know if I wanted to live life that way and, and always be in the public eye and, you know, there's a microscope on you at all times or if I just wanted to, you know, just be, you know, a person that just goes through life every day and nobody even knows about it. But, um, you know, I just didn't know if that was what I wanted to do and just at that point in time and, and deal with everything with the media and, and the off the field stuff. I, just, I mean, I was just, I just wanted to play football and I just had no idea what it was going to be about. And it was just a little overwhelming in the beginning. I, I hope you've realized that we're not all that bad in the media. Oh, no, no, for sure. No, I know that. <laughs> um, uh, you've, you set a career high last year, and as I was saying, progression seems to be the thing for you. Fourth on the team in 2014, second on the team in, in completions last year and, and in catches, and you set a career high, 52 catches over 500 yards, but you're on pace to almost double that this year as it stands. Is, is there anything you feel like you're doing differently, you're bringing differently to, to your game this season? Um, I don't know if I'm bringing anything differently. Um, I'm still playing how I've always played and, um, you know, nothing's really, really changed significantly. Um, maybe just taking care of myself a lot more off of the field than I used to. Um, but that, that's just kind of come with, with maturity and getting and growing older and, you know, your body doesn't heal as fast. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm just playing ball like always and, I'm um, just able to been able to get open and Dax been able to find me. There's a few of your specific plays I want to ask about, but, but before we do so, you've mentioned Zeke Kelly a couple of times. It's nice to be on a team where you've got probably the two leading lights in the offensive rookie of the year category, both on the same team. But I, I, I'm intrigued with Zeke, and you may I may or may not know this because it may have been a, a, a conversation in in the running backs room or one on one with his coach. But 
just by my non-expert eye, what I've seen from him was after week two, it looked like he slowed down. It looked like he became more patient in his running and then he could use that breakaway speed once he found the hole. And it looks like he was specifically told after week two, just just calm down, stop trying to push it and the opportunities will come. Is that a case with Zeke? Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it came from coaching or not, but I know, you know, he's... There's a big difference between running in, out of the gun and running um, in some of the sets that we run out of, like the eye and stuff like that, mm. and um, strong formations and pro formations. So, um, you know, you, you have to be a little bit more patient because you get to the line of scrimmage earlier than you would out of the shotgun. And, you know, I think he, at first, he wasn't really used to doing it because he ran out of the gun a lot in, in college, so... Um, I just think it was a, a bit of an adjustment to our run game and that he had to have more patience. And, you know, he it just came with experience more than anything. He just – it's just a lot different um, for him. And, you know, he's done a good job adjusting, and, and now I just expect him to take off. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, averaging 140 yards a week since that point isn't bad. Right. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> and there's just one final player I wanted to ask you about on the other side of the ball, and that's Mo Claiborne. Because yep. he is playing like a man possessed this year. Fifth in the league in completion. He's, he's, uh, that game he had against AJ Green, limiting him to just 50 yards. And I, I've been really, really impressed with what he's done this year. What's it like lining up on the opposite side to him? What have you seen from him this season? And he's, he's just approaching it with a chip on his shoulder, man. And, you know, he's taken a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, junk from people and, and, um, you know, with being drafted so high, the expectation was so high early, and then he had a few bad breaks and injuries and stuff, and you know, had never been fully healthy healthy to play. And you know, when he went out there, wasn't playing well because you know he wasn't healthy. But you know, he finally has has his confidence back in his, uh, and his and he's able to get healthy, and he was in the best shape I've ever seen him in this off season. He put in the work, and you know, he, it makes you happy for him. You know, you love to see a guy grind like that and and come back, even with. I mean, the odds that were against him, I mean, you'd say they wouldn't be because of where he's drafted, but with what he had to deal with after being drafted, you know, it's a lot of guys might not have, I mean, they would have broke and not made it through what he's made it through. And, you know, he just kept his head down, didn't listen, and kept grinding and just, um, I mean, if he did listen, it just made him hungry and, you know, now he's performing out on the field like we we knew he could. Cole, you've been really generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Just to finish off by asking you, looking forward to this weekend and this game with Green Bay, because uh, so much has been talked about this week with the fact with Dak and, and, and Zeke and the fact that they've been the first rookie quarterback running back tandem with that 1,000 yards, 500 rushing yards over five games. But that... That Packers defense uh, have been unbelievable against the run so far this year. Fewest rushing guard, yards allowed through the four games, and and I'm intrigued to know your great offensive line going up against their great defensive line. I think you particularly are going to be key in this battle this weekend, and I wonder if you guys have been focusing on anything different against this defense. Might we see any different looks? Don't give too much away, but what have you seen from this Green Bay defense that you think is is going to give you some push? I mean, there's there's always going to be some, uh, you know, a few wrinkles that we'll do against every team. But um, for the most part, we're just going to run our offense. Um, you know, it's not going to be much different. There'll be a few things that we do, but um, we're always going to try to, you know, run the run the ball. Even if we, even if we don't um, do well early running, we, you know, it's still good to keep running the ball and wear them down because eventually those runs will break. 
um, for more for more yards than you know you get those twos and threes those dirty runs early you know eventually you'll get a 20 and a 15 a 30 so you know part part of being able to run the ball in the NFL is sticking with it even though you know you might not be getting as much production as you'd like but um, you got to be you got to you know you got to keep grinding you know NFL teams are good you know you shouldn't be able to run the ball in the NFL for 20 yards every time so um, but they they play they play a lot of match and do do you know some good things and they got guys who can rush the passer and um they're pretty good in in the secondary with how they play their match coverage and you know it's definitely going to be a good test for us and you know i think we're we'll be ready yeah certainly there's a couple of guys looking at that secondary ladarius gunter really impressive through the first few weeks second year guy and actually he ended up back on the outside help helping up against odb and contain him this past weekend and and they moved micah hyde inside for some slot and nickel so you've you've been given a little bit of a test yourself to know who to focus on considering they've been moving those guys around a bit yeah i've 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 gone against hyde before and and uh other nickels that, that they have there so um but it'll definitely be a test you know they're, they're they're good players and you know just the way they they play their defense is it'll it'll be tough for me but uh, i'm ready for the challenge and um i hope we come out with a win man and any talk around the facility about that playoff game a couple of years ago i'm intrigued if des has been making any noise this week about uh, you know that playoff game which really realistically you guys could have and should have maybe gone out and won uh, no, we, nobody's looking back right now. You know, everybody's right. doing a great job of keeping their head straight and um, just taking it one game at a time. And um, you know, once once sitting once we beat Cincinnati, we came in, watched the film, and then forgot all about them and moved on to the Packers. And you know, that's how we've been approaching every week. And uh, I feel like that's why we've been having our success, and we continue to do that. You know, and only be more success in the future. And I know you've got to have that game by game mentality, but you know, you knock off the Packers in Lambeau this week, you, uh, who are many people's pick for the NFC this season. You go five wins in a row. There starts to be a real feel that this team, particularly in that NFC East, are going to be challenging come January. Right. Yeah. I mean, the NFC East has always been a been a crazy a crazy division anybody can beat anybody so um we just got to lock in and you know even even if a team has a bad record you know in the nfl they can always beat you on on any given sunday i mean it's the nfl those guys are getting paid to play too so um every game is going to be a tough game for us and we know that but um if we just if we just control what we can control and and compete how I know we can we'll be okay. And and uh, I understand that you uh, you're expecting for another for for a uh, for a little one in January potential for a, a bit of a double celebration. Oh yeah, I got my 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 little man coming around January twentieth. I'm really excited about that man. It's, it's going to be my second one, and you know the first one has just been a blast and. Um, I, I just can't wait, man. Just can't wait to see them grow together, and, and it's already going by too fast, man. And uh, I, 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 um, I want to finish off by by being honest with you about something, Cole, and, and getting your response to it because I promised our listeners and our readers that I would do so. But before the season, uh, another guy here, Richard Graves, who works for Sky Sports, who are our big TV broadcaster, he's a huge Cowboys fan, and we often have a bit of a a bit of a prop at the beginning of the season and after after Tony went down and after it looked like Dak was coming in I maybe said that if the Cowboys 
go to the playoffs this year, I would wear a Cowboys jersey to the first Wembley game next season. Um, and right now, you guys are looking like you're going to be making a 49ers fan wear a Cowboys jersey uh, in public next year. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm glad we could uh, make you a proud supporter. <laughs> I'll, make sure, I'll make sure it's an 11 when I go out and I buy my, my XXL Cowboys jersey, which I'm sure I'm going to end up purchasing based on the rate you guys are going at the moment. That's what I'm talking about. Cole Beasley there. Enjoyed that. Should we talk? Should we start off our weekend preview with some Cowboys at Packers? Let's do it. Four and one Cowboys going to the three and one Packers. You heard Cole Beasley's thoughts on it there. Huge Jason Witten love from uh, Cole Beasley there as well in our more X's and O stuff. So we'll look to bring you that at a later date. I was all aboard the old Packers bandwagon last week, but I am super concerned about your running game this weekend, mate. Like I know this. This is. Interestingly, for a game between these two sides, this is a game that's going to be won in the trenches. You've got two best defensive lines in football right now. And then in the Packers, you've got easily the best run defense in the league. They're holding uh, running, opposing running backs to two yards per carry. I think they've only conceded 171 yards on the ground off the mm-hmm. top of my head um, so far through the first five games of the season. So it's looking like that is their big strength. And then obviously on the other side, you've got Dallas, that O-line, Zeke Elliott, but I am concerned on your side. It's all going to be on Aaron Rodgers because Eddie Lacy's got the ankle injury, James Stark's knee injury, and there could be a lack of balance. And I think that could prove huge. It could be Aaron Ripkowski's day. <laughs> Number 22. <laughs> Put him in your fantasy teams, guys. <laughs> if he gets above 50 yards, I will be astounded. Um, but he, the, could, he could do the three touchdowns that uh, John like Coon did the Cooney. other day. <laughs> I, I think the Lambo crowd have just stopped shouting Coon every time that he touches the ball, <laughs> which is really funny. That is very funny. Um, Had a big mouthful of tea as I was yeah. laughing at it and nearly did a spit take all over this lovely equipment. Uh, the problem, I think the Packers' rush defence has been a little bit inflated. How good they has been inflated because I haven't really come up against a team with a really good rushing attack. Vikings, Lions, etc. So Vikings, of course, um, had Adrian Peterson dr- uh, fall out. Aaron Rodgers proved against the Giants. Okay, the interceptions weren't on him necessarily, but there isn't... I'm struggling here because the problem is the Green Bay's rush, Green Bay's game looks great in that first drive, and it actually looked great in the first half. But again, Mike McCarthy went a bit defensive or conservative for the rest of the game. So it's hard to really see what kind of team Green Bay are at the moment, and especially now that you've got Eddie Lacy and James Starks both out. It's a really interesting game, this. And I, then with on the other side, you've got the Cowboys and their, how good that Dak Prescott's looked. Ezekiel Elliott has looked incredible. Uh, Des Bryant, I don't know whether he's going to be back or not, but that'll be a big factor because if he is, we know revenge that... Revenge game. Revenge game from... Uh, from Catch 2014. Rule, catch rule gate. Um, that, there's no such thing. <laughs> Just call it catch gate. I mean, yeah, catch, that would have done. Catch rule gate. And um, <laughs> we, we've seen uh. that Green Bay can be thrown upon. So if you're going to pick a, a sneaky away game for your accumulators, I would... I, I'm I'm worried about this game. Um, the one guy I did want to quickly, very very quickly, single out for a bit of a uh, bit of love on the on your side of the ball is Ladarius Gunter. Yeah, man. 
not a player that a lot of people have given a lot of love to. He was playing kind of a bit more in the slot uh, earlier in the year, but with Demaris Randall's uh, injury issues, Sam Shields' injury issues, he ended up lining outside with Micah Hyde moving from safety to that kind of nickel corner position. And we talked about this a little bit with um, with Cole Beasley, but Ladarius Gunter shut down Odell Beckham for huge swathes of that game. Yeah. And your secondary, they're all stepping up. So, yeah, I, I watched that back because I knew we were going to be speaking with Cole and I wanted to have a look at what the Green Bay defence were offering. I liked what I saw. So what are you picking? What, who have you got here? I'm going to take the Packers because I really don't want to have to wear a Cole Beasley jersey. <laughs> Did you like his response? Yeah. <laughs> it basically gave me an I like that for uh, for me wearing his jersey. Um, there are a couple of bye week teams this week, Minnesota and Tampa Bay. The only news from either of those teams is that, um, uh, is that the Vikings have added Jake Long to their injury-laden O-line. Uh, if they can cut, overcome all these injuries on the O-line as well, they're going to have the most ridiculous season. It's going to be a great America's game if that happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've singled out a few of the other weekend games for us to talk about in depth, and then we can just gloss over the others. And we'll kick off with, uh, we maybe disrespected the Brady return last week by doing it so late in the show. So Don't know what you're talking let's about. Let's talk <laughs> the two and three Bengals going to the Patriots. There's none of this, but plenty of this. <laughs> Uh, I played that the other day and my cat went mental. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like she really didn't like it. Um, I, this is, I, I watched, again, this is because I watched the Cowboys game back ahead of the Cole Beasley interview. Ray Maluga looked dreadful in the middle for the Bengals. Yeah. And with Carlos Dansby out injured, and I know that Vinnie Ray looked brilliant when he filled in for uh, Vontae's perfect last year, but the linebacking core at the Bengals has been really poor this year. And, and the Patriots, the way they mismatch, the way that they managed to get Gronk or Bennett or Edelman or James White coming out of the backfield, lined up on those linebackers, I just think they're going to tonk them. I actually think this is going to be a Patriots blowout. And finally, the wheels will fully have come off my Bengals bandwagon. Oh, mate, how do you feel about that? I'm pretty devastated. <laughs> I mean, you were really big I've on I've been them, pushing right, it so beginning. hard. Well, the thing is, I was never big on them for like being a Super Bowl team. But I just felt like people were disrespecting them. It ends up that people were right. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati haven't won in um, New York, England since 1986. Oh, wow. That's 30 years Ooh. Their running game is a mess as well. The whole thing is just a mess. I was a little bit angry this week that Tom Brady, when asked in the locker room about whether he would uh, be happy hearing his children, hearing the kind of locker room chat that came from his good bunny Don- buddy Donald Trump, chose to not address that in any way, shape or form and just walk away from his press conference. Tom Brady being friends with Trump just makes the Patriots even more difficult to root for. Uh, so I'm going to take the Patriots because I'm so far back in our Pickham game. But if I had any sense of uh, morality at all, I'd take the Bengals. Yeah, I've got the I've got the Patriots. I don't like it, it but you know you got to do what you got to do. I did not stir that tea well enough. Oh, it was sugary at the bottom. <laughs> Whoa. Um, next up, all NFC East clash. The Philadelphia Eagles at three and one go to Washington at three and two. Um, the, another game I rewatched this week uh, in a bit more detail was that Eagles loss against Detroit. And was it more? They could have won that game, really. They, they should, should have won, won that, that game. game. If Ryan Matthews doesn't fumble, they do win that game. Um, what I would say is Carson Wentz, whilst maybe not Dak Prescott level, uh, where the Bengals were talking about every throw he made was was great, um, is that... Uh, why? Shut up, phone. <laughs> Sherry, we were recording the podcast. What's your problem? Uh, 
sorry, guys. I really apologize. I've got a. Right, back in the room from Matt Sherry. What were we talking about? Uh, that game. Yeah, Carson Wentz looked brilliant in that game until the pick. Uh, and I actually, you know... You can't put the pick on him that I much. I mean, you, you can because he was forcing the game too early, but I think that's just a rookie error in, in a situation um, where you're going to potentially make them. Overall, from the Eagles, what I saw, though, and by the way, Carson Wentz went back to his old, old college bar this week because he was doing an event back at his old college, dropped a $500 tip on, uh, wow. on the old bar staff that used to serve him. I loved that story when I read about it. That's great. I thought that was That's brilliant. Great. Um, what I really liked as well, I mean, I've been banging on about this Jim Swartz defense all season, but they were poor in the first half. Uh, Cooter knew what he was doing, picked them apart, got 21 points on them. The adjustments they made in the second half were just absolutely brilliant. Uh, held them to just the field goal, and I still love them. Yep. And the final thought I had was, with Lane Johnson gone from right tackle for 10 games, he was suspended this week for a second uh, drugs abuse policy, whatever it is, uh, thing. Um, that's one thing I think could be a real issue. Uh, do you want to try and say the name of the right tackle that's going to be coming in to fill in for him? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's spelt H-A-L-A-P-O-U-L-I-V-A-A-T-I. That's just his first name. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm going to have to read it. I'm going to have to read it. It's Halepulivati Vitae. Oh, he's uh, from American Samoa. I, I would have thought so. He uh, Halepulivati Vitae. Out of Texas Christian. Um, but then the Washington Masters. I mean, Preston Smith's been underperforming in a, underperforming in a big way. Ryan Kerrigan looks banged up. What, what are you doing over there? He's made it make some crazy... Oh, it was too Sorry. close to your computer. It's making a crazy noise. Um, I think it's a great matchup all in all for the Eagles the Washington defense the offensive side is much stronger but I think Jim Schwartz will outcoach them Jordan Reed may be missing the game he's gone back into concussion protocol which is bad news for him Um, and then Washington three and two right now then the Vikings and the Cowboys in the next two weeks I think the Eagles go in there and win this one and then Washington start on a horrible little slide I am picking the Eagles as well this is uh, I don't like this. You, I had picked uh, Washington, but I've changed my mind after listening to you. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> it's because I really I like I had like four hours this morning before you came round where I was awake because Sarah woke me up. I've got so many notes. You've come in here a hungover mess. It's a great balance. So between us, I've, we've got loads of notes. Yeah, I'm bang I'm banking this for later in the season for like for my birthday or something like that. I'm going to be like right that podcast. You're doing all the work. It's your birthday last, next week, isn't it? It is my birthday next week. That wasn't a way of me dropping that in. Uh, other oh, games. it was a little bitty big bollocks, wasn't it? <laughs> Once again, oh, it returns. Who would have thought? There are four of the games which caught my eye this weekend. So let's get through those and then we'll rattle through the others. Yep. Ravens at three and two, going to the Giants at two and three. We're going to talk with Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips coming up shortly. He's a big Ravens fan. Um, what I found weird about watching the Giants back was... They've kind of gone real dink and dunk with McAdoo, which I liked last season because they went balanced, because they had a running game as well. And because Odell Beckham was stretching the field, the dink and dunk element to a balanced offense was fine. But this year, they're they're doing nothing down the field whatsoever, which has kind of been the exact same problem with the Ravens and why Tressman got fired, a complete lack of balance. I really can't call this game because I think it's just too horrendously 
unbalanced teams, but two teams that are really off form as well. They're better than this. Although the Ravens are becoming the team that I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season anyway. But the Giants, they just look utterly out of rhythm. And when they can't get the ball to Odell Beckham, especially over the last two or three weeks, they've got no other ideas. And like Sterling Shepard was so good to start the year, but just hasn't been seeing the same level of targets maybe as people start to figure out. I, th- I think the, the, the one area that this uh, game could be won for the Giants, and I think they will win it, is Ronnie Stanley's back in practice, but doesn't look like he'll start. Marshall Yonder's probably going to be missing as well. CJ Mosley from the defensive side. Just Ravens injuries for the second mm. year running are going to cost them. And actually, the Giants might get a little bit of pass rush this week. Livia Vernon might get that first sack. How exciting for him. So I've taken the Giants and these two teams to go three and three. Yeah, the same. I'm sorry, mate. Sorry uh, I keep agreeing with you. Nick tweets us, is the NFC South on its way back to being the division of disgrace? The NFC South. Because the Not Panthers, with the Falcons are, the, in there. Come on, Nick. <laughs> what are you doing? The Panthers at one and four. The sa- going to the Saints at one and three. The Panthers secondary was so bad last week that they waived Benny Benwickery. He put, he played that badly. This went. You're not staying here. Yeah, they cremated him. Uh, exactly. That's a great. I, I love the use of cremati as like an adverb. That's <laughs> nice. Um, Cam Newton is out of protocol and practicing. Surely they're going to go to New Orleans and get it done. This is going to be a, a shootout. I've, I've picked the Panthers. It's going to be a huge shootout. We could see the return of Jonathan Stewart, which they desperately need because he runs it up the gut, which then provides Cam with uh, options elsewhere for Benjamin and for Funches. I think Funches is going to come back big time and have another massive game as well. Uh, Greg Olson had a career game last week. I think the Panthers are going to go all over the Saints and they will finally figure out the Panthers that their defense is a still a good defense. And I think they'll bottle up Mark Ingram et al. So I'm big on the Panthers. I think, I think bandwagon, come back, bandwagon, come back. There's, <laughs> there's going to be an interesting uh, play of whether or not they play Jonathan Stewart this week. Uh, he's back in practice and playing, but I kind of see what I saw from Cameron Art Cameron Artis Payne on Monday. And I think well, you've got to buy next week, Carolina. Just, just rest him again this week. New Orleans' run defense is terrible. Let Cameron Artis Payne go out there and, and probably score two touchdowns like he did last week. And save Jonathan Stewart till you've got a real test on your hands. I would say play Jonathan Stewart because I need you to play them because of my fantasy teams. Limited snaps, I think he'll see. Damn it. So, who, the you, only way, are you going? Uh, I'm taking the Panthers. Absolutely, okay, I'm taking good. the Panthers. Um, my sneaky potential choice for the Division of Disgrace... Just keep a little eye on the NFC West. I think the Rams could fall off. The Cardinals haven't bounced back yet. The Seahawks, I know they're 3-1 and at the moment, but they lose to the Falcons this week. 3-2. and The guy is drunk. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mate, I, I also, I also think... Are, look the, really good. The division of disgrace, in one way, uh, sometimes I think we need to consider a division which there is one team going you know, 13 and three, and no one else gets a record above 500. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, I like that we're, we're laying down some rules for the division of disgrace. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's a crapshoot normally. Um, <laughs> we talked about the AFC West earlier. The two and two Chiefs go to the four and one Chargers. Uh, four and one Chargers, four and one Raiders. Having seen the Chargers win last night, 
I'm going for a, a Chiefs win here. I think this division gets real tight again. Andy Reid is 15-2 and two after bye weeks in his career. He knows how to scout for them. Jamal Charles is back this week. Justin Houston has been cleared for football activity. He, no way. He won't be back for quite a few more oh. weeks, but it just means he's well on the road. Marcus Peters is having a monster year, which means he can keep Amari Cooper quiet. Although Derek Carr has shown that kind of willingness to go elsewhere. My Latavius Murray hatred is coming to bear some fruit. They look much better when it's DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richards in the backfield. I, 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 you know, the Raiders beyond this have got the Jags, the Bucks, the Texans as three of their next four games. They could quite easily go on a nice run off the back of that. But I think this, in a divisional game, the Chiefs go in there and they win it. And remember what happened off of their bye week last year? They went on that crazy... Of course, it, it was preceded by winning in, in London, but they went on that crazy run to the playoffs... Andy Reid is a master off the bye week, and I think he'll be totally prepared for this game. He would have watched Oakland very, very care, very, very carefully. Um, also, the Chiefs' defense and that secondary with Marcus Peters back there is much better than the Chargers were uh, were last week. So we're not going to see another big game, I don't think, from Cooper et al. and Carr especially. So yeah, I've gone for the Chiefs as well. It's closer than. It would be if it was an arrowhead. But yeah, Chiefs win for me. Uh, the final game of the week that catches the eye, and I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about it this far into the podcast. Uh, if we only we had a bird squawk, because it's a bird game. Oh, the, another bird derby. It's a bo- bird bowl. Bird bowl, bird derby, yeah. Uh, it, and it's a huge one. The 4-1 and one Falcons going to the 3-1 and one Seahawks. If the Falcons win on Sunday... They will have beaten both Super Bowl teams from last year yep. and the, the team that went back-to-back Super Bowls the two years before that. And three insane defences who across the three main categories, the uh, yards per game, the points per game and the overall score, whatever it is, all those categories, these were the three leading defences in the NFL. And the Falcons could beat all three of them three weeks in a row. Even if they don't, I still think the Falcons are a legit concern. But... We're talking about Seattle. They've led the league in scoring defense for four consecutive seasons. Two of those under Dan Quinn. I I just can't even begin to believe how I will feel if the Falcons win this weekend. I love the Falcons. I I love the way that they play offense. That defense is looking much much better. Vic Beasley actually it'll be. I know he had a, a he was all over the right the right guard of uh, the Broncos last week against this Seattle offensive line who aren't very good. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he is a legit player because if he even gets one sack, I am all over the Falcons and I think they could make a very, very good case for the NFC Championship. Tight spiral balls. Uh, But I've picked the Seahawks in this game. Yeah, the thing is I have picked the Seahawks as well. The one player I did want to single out, Keanu Neal, um, who... Yes, I know the Falcons' defense haven't been good this year, but Keanu Neal, in the in the bits I've seen of him, he looks like a baller. He looks like a really good player. And Dan Quinn decided he wanted to go out and get his Cam Chancellor-style middle-of-the-field general. And it looks... I'm not saying he's Cam Chancellor yet, mm. but I'm just saying he looks like very much that sort of player and he's impressed on an otherwise bad defense. The Falcons' pass rush was good against that bad line at Denver. And the line in Seattle is a massive issue. Their secondary is slightly better than the Jets as well. But Russell Wilson's had two weeks to get fit. He's a slippery customer as well. He, I like that phrase. He is a 
Um, slippery customer. Uh, I I love it. I really love that. You need um, to make a note of slippery customer. I think that would make a good drop. Unless it's a blowout. It's been an insane opening week still for the Falcons, but I am taking the Seahawks for two reasons. One, I backed the Falcons last year. They went 6-0 and and then fell apart and burnt me horrendously. You still haven't forgiven them. And two, I think I said A, I've changed it to two, or B, whatever. <laughs> if the Billy Big Bollocks curse is true, and people on Twitter seem to be buying into this now, I'd much rather want it to affect Seattle rather than Atlanta. I'm confused. So who are you going for? I'm taking the Seahawks. <laughs> But you'd be happy and don't know how you'd feel uh, if the Falcons won. All right, we've still got Fancy Darlings and Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips to come. Plus, it's the TGS Bowl at Loftus Road this weekend. Beer bet on the outcome? Yes, I'm going. Alex Everson has suggested that. Why aren't I going? I've uh, A friend of mine has managed to get tickets. Guess what I'm doing beforehand? Why aren't I going? I don't know. You should go. I want to go. Go then. I'm sure there will be ticket. There'll be tickets left. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a problem getting tickets at Loftus Road, admittedly. Guess what's happening? What I'm doing before that? Go on. This really should have been at the end of the podcast, but it's, it feels right now. I'm going to Stamford Bridge to watch Chelsea versus Leicester, and then you're hopping straight on. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, what's it called? You Cor- probably walk there. It's corporate. It's not corporate. What is it called? Corporate. It's cool. I'm going corporate. You're going in a box. I'm going in a box. Um, I'm disgusted. I'm going to prawn sandwich mother trucker. Look, I would never pay to go to Chelsea. That's so fair. that is fair. I'm going itself. to go with a Queen's Park Rangers shirt under my actual <laughs> shirt. Like the time we went to the Raiders and I took my 49ers <laughs> jersey with me and then feared for my life. Uh, right. There's so many games still to touch okay, on. Okay, let's run through. So little time. So let's bang through all of these and then we'll get to our last few bits and pieces. Uh, by the way, Alex Everson suggested that, reminded me that it's the uh, the TGS Bowl in the football this weekend. The 1-4 and four 49ers travelling to the 3-2 and two Bills. The Sean McCoy revenge game. Finally, he can beat that bastard racist Chip Kelly for cutting him from the team. Obviously, Chip Kelly is not a racist. That was just some of the things that were being slandered around at the time. Remember that nonsense? Slandered around. I like some, that. It's, a, <laughs> it's an adverb. Um, Sammy Watkins doesn't need surgery. Some good news for the Bills. Could return this season. Nice. Um, I think the Bills are going to win this weekend. They're going to go four and two. They're at the Dolphins next. Then they've still got the Jags, Browns, Dolphins and Jets beyond that. That puts them, theoretically, and they could even nick one win, if you think, from their other games. Pat, Seahawks, Bengals, Steelers. There's, it's not crazy to think that the Bills are an outside chance for the playoffs right now. Nine and seven, ten and six type team. Yeah. I mean, the way that... Hysterical! Yeah, okay. Oh, it's an old drop. I yeah, like it. Why you not? really needed it. Um, <laughs> the way that they're being coached as well at the moment, to the bank. especially with that shutout in New England, was 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 great. So the Bills, I like the way that they look, and they're going up against a crap 49ers team. And come on, mate, <laughs> Cap is back. Cap is back. Cap is back. <laughs> you remember what I said about Tom Brady? Cap's going to go for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe that'll work for me again. Imagine if Kaepernick came back this weekend. That there is, there is the slightest consideration with Colin Kaepernick is that we already know he has the physical tools, massive arm, great legs, all of that, those bits and pieces, <laughs> great legs, top pins. <laughs> those are some cracking pins. Um, <laughs> um, the. Uh, the thing is with Kaepernick and his cracking pins and his big arm is that all of the talk before the season was how he doesn't study the playbook enough. That's how Blaine Gabbert got in there and got the job. But 
all of this current off the field, how he's got this new life as a as an activist, he's clearly become a more considered person. The fact that he has take like allowed the uh, restructuring of his deal to get rid of that injury uh, guarantee for next year, which is the only reason. I mean, they weren't willing to play him because basically if he got injured, they'd have to have paid him $14 million next year either way. So he's agreed to restructuring for that. Everything suggests to me that he's matured hugely in the last year since he was dropped. If I, I haven't heard any reports either way, but if he has turned that into study as well, there is the slimmest of chances he might be a viable NFL quarterback. I know this the guy time. is drunk, but there he goes. I know this kind of spiel, spiel from Will Gavin. You're almost on this I am nowhere hype train. I am nowhere near the bandwagon. I know that you're on this. <laughs> I, I am you're not. just not admitting it. Right. I it, can see it in your eyes. You think Kaepernick's going to do something. You're an absolute I, no. disgrace. Yeah. You're, you're, getting, you're getting excited about Kaepernick. I can, no, I'm not. I can no, see I'm not. It. You are. No, I'm not. Unbelievable. That is seven and nine bullshit. Right. Let's rattle through these last few games then. We're not going to talk about them in any real detail. I've got some notes on all of them, so I might just rattle through my notes if that's all right. Because you're hungover. Rams at Lions. Kuta bounced back in, the, uh, in last week with so many injuries that are going on. Finally, I think this is the game that Todd Gurley breaks out. The O-line has been dreadful, but still no DeAndre Levy, still no Ziggy Answer. One week too early for them. However, I have taken the Lions. I think both these teams go to 3-3. Three and three. I'm taking the Rams. Fine. Steelers, 4-1 and one at the Dolphins. The Dolphins might be the worst team in the NFL. They are the worst team in the NFL. I like re-watching their performance against the Browns, Bengals and Titans. They are the worst performances I've seen this season. They're terrible against the run. Lev Bell will have two... Though they haven't been terrible against the run, I mean. But Lev Bell will get 200 all-purpose yards this week and the Steelers are going to hammer them and go 5-1. and one. Yeah, I agree. Picked Jan- up Carlos Williams as well, haven't they? This is, uh, they have only to the practice squad at the moment. Uh, they've got D'Angelo still there. Uh, Jags 1-3 and three at the Bears 1-4. and four. And this is one of the hardest games to call this week. Easy game, Jags. Uh, <laughs> Brian Hoyer, 300 yards in three games so far. Does that continue against the Jags? And just one quick question. I, I also made a note, Jalen Ramsey could continue to keep Olshon Jeffrey quiet again. He's so under-targeted. They're two highest-paid players, one of whom shouldn't get back into the side because of Brian Hoyer's play, and the other one can't catch a ball for love nor money. For the second time in three years, McCown and now Hoyer have outplayed Jay Cutler. Can we please stop pretending that Jay Cutler is a franchise quarterback? Well, as I said in my uh, Tuesday morning touchdown, I think Jay Cutler's days are numbered I would not be surprised if he never plays another snap for Chicago again. This game deserves not only a damn Titans, damn, but also a are they booing me? They are booing you because it's the zero and five Browns at the two and three Titans. Uh, I took the Jags as well. Okay, I actually I think the Bears might win, but I'm going to take the Jags out of pure blind faith. (laughs) Uh, Browns at Titans. This, the Titans were much better last week. Mario's four touchdowns, running the ball more. Dick LeBeau getting a bit more creative as well. How are the Browns going to handle that? But I just don't know how I feel about a team that beat the Dolphins. So I'm going to take the Titans. It's a pity you can't take a tie. I have to pick somebody. It's a pity you can't do a tie, isn't it? Do you think if we but, didn't put a single result in, then if there was a tie, we'd get the point? I might do that. Green9-magazine.com forward slash pick them or whatever. Just as a predict a game. Uh, who are you taking? Titans. Uh, and then, to, uh, do you know what? The, the, the 
get flexing going earlier in the season, NFL, because we've got two games in prime time coming up, which really aren't great games. The Colts at two and three going to the Texans at three and two. Andrew Luck has been sacked a league high 20 times already this season. He said he's for, to blame for holding on to the ball. No, you're not. Your O-line's a sieve. Ryan Grigson's a twonk. I was going to say a much ruder <laughs> word. I don't know what that word is. Beginning with twonk. Sticking his head in the ground. Claimed it wasn't time to panic in Indy. Uh, but then the Texans' defense, without those two guys on the front line, actually the Colts' defense did have a decent game against the Bears. I think the Colts win, and we get two, three, and three teams, and the AFC South heads towards the division of disgrace. I think the Texans will win. I don't like Brock Osweiler as a person. Rock Brosweiler. Or as a quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. Um Although we'll probably meet him at the Super Bowl when we go. So, uh, Brock, I love you, man. You're great. But uh, I think we'll see big games from Will Fuller and Lamar Miller and that other fella, DeAndre Hopkins. I am going for a Texans win. One and four Jets going to the two and three Cardinals on Monday night football. This is going to be the big bounce back game for the Cardinals. Pouncing attack. Carson Palmer's back. They've got a terrible secondary. No Darrell Revis. Lev Bell was brilliant against them last week on screens and bubble screens and checkdowns. Expect the same from David Johnson. This is going to be a massive Cardinals blowout. Yeah, I agree. I think we could be seeing a 40 to 7 game. We did have a couple of tweets on this. Will the Cardinals put an emphasis on finding Carson Palmer's successor in the offseason? Should already be doing that already, Josh. He looks old, but hopefully. Uh, and then one from Tom. Lamar so, Jackson. So the Jets, what do they do? Fire the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator? Bowls? I don't feel like they're getting off out of the D. And the O's a joke. Fitz has turned into Fitz Tragic. Ho, 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 Fitz Tragic. Is it the players or the play calling, Tom? It's it's falling apart. It's crumbling. But I like Todd Bowles as your long-term solution. I still think that you need some patience with him. I think they are building something there. I think there's some good rookies there. But there were a lot of problems when he arrived. And last season, everything kind of came together perfectly for the Jets. And we were saying this at the time. They came together perfectly for them, and they still couldn't make the playoffs. They're still not a great foot. They're an average football team who've had a bad start to the year. You know who Todd Bowles reminds me of? Go on. Bubba. <laughs> Bubba Watson? Bubba from Forrest Gump. Racist. How's that racist? How's <laughs> that racist? Right. Those are all the games. Time for Fantasy Darlings. great start to the season enjoyed by the Oakland Raiders has gladdened the heart of footballing purists everywhere, just as the sight of their defence provokes equally good feelings for opposition quarterbacks. Through the first five games of the season, the Raiders are allowing an average of 338 yards passing and two touchdowns. Alex Smith, hardly renowned gunslinger, should be able to move the ball against them even outside of garbage time. He's completed 60% of his career pass attempts against the Raiders, with 18 touchdowns to just three interceptions. Kirk Cousins has enjoyed himself at the expense of the Philadelphia Eagles in his career with an average of over 360 yards passing and just south of three touchdowns per outing. This Eagles team is not the same beast he's previously faced however. Jim Swartz's units were allowing the second fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks in 2016 and assuming Swartz realises that there is no conceivable circumstance in this universe or the next that justifies Michael Kendricks being on the field while Nigel Bradham is still breathing, Cousins could be in for a long day. 
he's generously thrown at least one interception in four of his five games so far. The Green Bay Packers have been one of the stoutest teams with regards to defending the run this season, but they're a little more benevolent towards opposing wide receivers. They're allowing 26 fantasy points per game to wide out so far, and the ninth most passing yards per game with 274. This should mean more passing work for Dak Prescott and more fantasy points for Cole Beasley. With Des Bryant unlikely to play and now Terence Williams' fitness a concern, Beasley should continue to catch the eye of his rookie signal caller. He has at least four targets and 53 yards in every game this season and finally scores his first touchdown of the year last week. I know it's not a flashy pick, but neither is Alex Smith. Sometimes if you can't get three weeks in Monte Carlo, a weekend in Bridlington will have to do. Terrell Pryor, the only player on the Browns' talent-rich roster they won't consider trading, apparently, is a player I can't in full conscience suggest starting with any degree of confidence this week. OK, the Browns are only playing the Titans, but Dick LeBeau's boys have allowed the sixth-fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. Couple this with the uncertainty regarding the identity of the Browns' quarterback in Week 6, it could be Kessler, maybe McCowan, perhaps Bernie Kozar, and the fact that Pryor has 10 or fewer fantasy points in four games this season, you get quite the unavoidable situation. Although if he plays quarterback... A man enjoying the current unemployed status of, Will, of Greg Roman, other than Will Gavin, seems to be tight end Charles Clay. Bouncing off the fine recent form of LaShawn McCoy, Clay has reeled in 10 of 12 targets in his last two games for 120 yards. The Bills take on Will's 49ers this week, who've already allowed two games this season with over 100 receiving yards to tight ends. Someone to discount a tight end this week would be Will Ty, a man whose name suggests he'd be suited to a career as a producer on the Dave Damashek football programme rather than an actual football player. Larry Donnell's injury has opened the door for Ty to fill the main tight end role for the Giants, but he only has three targets in three of five games so far. The Baltimore Ravens, the Giants' opposing opponents this week, don't encourage tight ends to play well against them. They allowed 40 receiving yards or less to tight ends in their first four games of the season and restricted Jordan Reed to just 53 in Week 5. If Reed couldn't produce against the Ravens, will Ty? That's a name joke. Is this thing still on? Thank you very much to Neil Dutton, one of the very top fancy football writers in the world, let alone just the UK. Absolute superstar. It's great, that, isn't it? I love fantasy darlings. <laughs> fantasy darling. Uh, check him out on Twitter. Search for Neil Dutton. He is brilliant. He writes for all the best fancy sites as well. You know what we should do? We should get... What's our email address? Uh, we do have a, a gridironpod at gmail.com one. We should get people to record their own fantasy darlings and send them in to us. That's an incredible idea. Record... It's, you can send them to at gridiron on Twitter as well. Send them in any can way you, do you want. That? Yeah, Just do it that way. record yourself a... Fantasy darlings. Fantasy darlings. And we will use your fancy darlings. Finally, let's round off the show by speaking with Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips, ahead of an exciting announcement for next season. Delighted to be joined on the line now from Touchdown Trips, Ben Mortimer. Ben, how are you today, sir? I'm very good, Will. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Now, uh, we described a bit about your service at the beginning of the show today, but just for anyone who's not familiar with Touchdown Trips and what you guys do, just give a little bit of a, a mission statement, bit of a bit of a sell to our listeners. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we are... I mean, the reason we do this is because we're fans first. Um, I lived in America personally for sort of 10 years, 
in Baltimore, so I'm hoping the fans won't hold that too much against me. I'm a Ravens <laughs> fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I got enveloped by the love of the game. Um, I also worked in travel for 15 years before this, just doing something completely different. And, um, you know, upon moving back to the UK, uh, it became apparent that, um, you know, it was, it was really something that I wanted to do. So, you know, we set up this company, uh, we put the fans first, and uh, our whole mission is really to get people out there and maximize their experience of either an NFL or an NCAA game or a high school game, if that's what they want to do. Um, we put the game day experience sort of front and center. So, you know, we sort of set up a, uh, um, really, where, whatever, where, I mean, people have specific uh, ideas and dreams for going to see their team. You know, people um, save up all year to go on holiday. And, you know, quite often this is part of, you know, a, a part of their annual holiday. It's not just a, a quick trip or whatever. So, you know, we, we look to put the game day experience front and center, um, people to have a really good uh, time uh, tailgate before the game. And, you know, all of our tailgates are sort of fairly individually tailored to each team. You know, we, we really try to um, target fan groups that have been doing this for years around the stadium um, so that you can really kind of um, experience the same thing as home fans do every game um, to go and see your team. Now, it's, and, this, uh, this is your first year doing this, isn't it, Ben? You've, you guys yeah. have just started up. and So what, what's the initial response been like from people who have gone out there? Because I think the difference between what I found with you guys and other companies is that it is so specifically tailored to that individual, to that team's experience. And uh, it looks like some people have had some amazing times. Yeah, it's been it's been very good feedback so far. I mean, we've had obviously it is our first year as this is our first season, so we have already had some people go out and come back, and uh, you know the the feedback's been great. You know, we've uh, um, it does differ quite a lot. I mean, one of our first guys that went out there was going out to see a, um, a sort of college and an NFL doubleheader in in Tampa. Um, he didn't get the result he wanted for the for the Bucks, but he enjoyed the college game, and uh, and the tailgate was was a lot of fun as well. You know, he, he, we got good feedback on that. Um, you know, we've got um, obviously the Baltimore um, uh, fans are, are already going out as well and, and enjoying that um, tailgate and, and being so close to downtown. You know, that's a different experience. But we really try to kind of put the the game day experience within it as well. But then if people do want to go out for a few more days, we're very um, keen to accentuate other things to do around the city and around that particular state. So, you know, we'll, we'll put in a city pass if that's what they want to do to see, you know, the rest of the, the town or, you know, even encourage them to take a car and go and explore, you know, a town 20 minutes down the road that we know is, is, is what the locals enjoy doing. And it's really something, if you're going to spend that much on going out to the U.S., you want to maximize your time out there. Now, I mean, you said there you started off uh, living in Baltimore, being a Ravens fan. You know, we're, we're sorry for that. But um, yeah, you... <laughs> uh, okay, 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 Niners fan, that's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> not one to speak at the moment. But um, what, what was it about when you went to the games that inspired you to think these are the sort of experiences that fans from the UK, if they love the game but have never gone out and done a game out there, what? makes that difference for you as a fan in being at the game and experiencing all that game day experience? Yeah, I think it's, it's the interaction with, you know, with, with the fellow fans, both of your team and, and of the away teams. I mean, the great thing about the NFL is that they, you know, um, don't have segregated sections for, for away fans. So you do get a really good amount of banter. And, and it's also the fact that, you know, you've got 
an entire day dedicated to it, especially you know, when you're out in the States. Um, you, know, you get up, if you've got a one o'clock game, you, you're, you're up at the stadium at 8.30, 9am. You know, people are unloading their grills and, and getting them, uh, them fired up. And, uh, and it's that kind of throwing the football around, having a coffee with maybe a little nip of something in it to get started. And, um, and really having those sort of three or four hours beforehand of, of, sort of camaraderie with, with your fellow fans. And it's, you know, I'd encourage anyone, to not, not even to stick to the one tailgate, but just sort of wander around the stadium and take in the sights and sounds. And, and you can't really replicate that in the UK because of various, um, you know, uh, understandable restrictions. Um, uh, by the police on open flames and things like that. Um, so you know that that is it. And then obviously after the game, you come back um, and, and probably see the same guys and hang out and, and do a post mortem for about an hour. Um, and hopefully it's um, it's a positive one. But uh, it's, it's the whole game day. It's you know it's, it, it goes from the, the minute you get up to, to when your head hits the pillow at night. It's it's something that you know it really kind of got me. And um, and I still love going out there. I, I, I try. I don't go out there as much as I when I lived there, obviously. But um, I, I do try and get back for a couple of games a year. I think the thing for me as well is, uh, well, uh, we are currently we may as well tell people about this now because it's very exciting we d- we're doing a trip already this year and people are coming on that and we're really excited about it but I think what we found it's our first year of doing uh, kind of working on, in travel and, and putting together a trip ourselves and we maybe found we we maybe shot for the moon a little too much and it became a little bit restrictive so what we are going to do between gridiron and touchdown trips for next year we are looking at putting together a 2017 tour for next season and making it a bit more tailored to the fan experience and a bit more kind of Maybe not trying to get to you know six different states and nine different games, but make sure that it's a cost-effective way of doing it and focusing on that fan experience to make sure everyone has a brilliant time. And uh, yeah, that's something we're targeting and, and we're planning to do for next year. Exactly. I think you know, Will, we'd, we'd already talked about potentially sort of throwing out some some ideas to the listeners as we as we you know go into um, that planning period and seeing what people want to do. You know, I'm happy to. You know, we've got our own Facebook and and all that stuff, which we're quite active on, and I'm happy to chuck up polls and things like that and, and really listen to what people would want to do um, and you know we'll I think you know it's, it's a good idea to do that and, and see you know we, we we try to say to you know to we want to make it affordable to any football fan that wants to go so if they want to do a sort of a two-nighter um, uh, this is individual packages you know that's fine you know we can we can we can do that but if they want to take the family and and, and do that as well then then that's something that we can we can chuck in but I think for the for the you know for the group tour yeah you do need something that's going to be um, you know affordable for, for the majority and, and that's Probably looking at you know, maybe a couple of games, um, uh, NFL games plus a college game, um, and then doing a lot of other fun stuff in the meantime as well. You know, I mean, sort of just loading it up, hanging around with me and Ollie, and, and hopefully you as well. Should be fun enough anyway, Ben. Uh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? So I've got I've got pretty I've got pr- pretty good insight into sort of you know bar food and things like that and, and American drinking games. So that's that's definitely something that you know it's you, you you can't put a price on that, can you? And I like both food and drinking, so that's perfect. Um, yeah, this is common ground. This is all good. <laughs> uh, just very quickly from you, then Ben, this weekend going to uh, going to New Rutherford, heading to New Jersey, facing mm-hmm. off East Rutherford. Sorry, going to New mm-hmm. Jersey, facing off with the New York Giants. Do you fancy a result for the Ravens this weekend? I'd, I'd like to say I, I do, but um, the last couple of weeks has, has been a reality. I think it's, it's, it's a reality check. I mean, we, we are a... Uh we're a slightly above average NFL team at the moment, but you know there are there are some concerns. Obviously, the offense was a big concern, and putting you know Marty Morningweg in uh, as a as an offensive coordinator will hopefully give it 
yeah, the kickstart it needs. But you know, there are some injury concerns we've got. You know, Ronnie Stanley's probably not going to make it. Marshall Yander, it'll be a huge loss if, if he can't make it. So I think Flacco could be running for his life a little bit. And uh, and then CJ Mosley uh, in the middle of the middle of the linebacking core could be out as well. So it's... Uh, yeah, with the injuries we've got and the run that we're on, um, I think the the G men might pull this one out. But I, I hope I'm wrong. But I'm um, mm, a little anxious. Ben, all superb stuff. Where can people find out about touchdown trips, and where should they get in hold with us and start like firing out their suggestions of the sort of places that they'd really want to go next year, either as a, as a neutral or as a fan? Yeah, uh, I mean, go to our, uh, we've got our website, which is touchdowntrips.com, which is an easy way to find us. And then we do have equivalent social media pages, which you can click off that. I think we're uh, uh, slash touchdown trips on, on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, you know, we, if anyone has any questions, just fire me a quick, uh, a quick query. I'm always happy to answer anything related to food or football or, or anything travel related at all, really. Or if, uh, you know, Giants fans want to fire some Ravens abuse at you, that's always available If they as want well. to give me abuse, <laughs> as long as they don't mind me firing a bit of smack talk back. We do have our own fantasy league as well, and I'm, I'm trying to um, be professional. But, um, yeah, I, as long as they don't mind me coming back at them, I'm, I'm okay with that. Ben, brilliant stuff. We really look forward to, to working with you on this for next year. And, uh, yeah, t- top, top work. And, and I hope your Ravens can pull out this weekend. I'm kind of mm. favouring the Giants as well. But fingers crossed for you. Okay, well, cheers. Thanks a lot, mate. <laughs> so, huge thank you to Ben Mortimer. Huge thank you to Cole Beasy. Huge thank you to Neil Dutton. Big thank you to you, Ollie Hunter. Big thank you to you, Will Gavin. Thanks, babes. And thank you to everyone who got in touch babes. on Twitter, everything else. Babes. It's been another massive show. It's going to be a great week six. The you late games are a great slot. Um, <laughs> the late games are an absolutely brilliant set of games weekend. We're going to be going to the Hippodrome to watch them as a bit of a Billy, oh, Big, Bollocks, but Billy Big Bollocks birthday bonanza. Uh, <laughs> so come and join us down there for that as well. I bet you if can't you're in say London. that after a few pints on Sunday. <laughs> Billy Big Bollocks birthday bonanza. Yeah. I'm going to add more. I'm going to find more bees to put into that. Uh, so come and join us. It's going to be really good fun. Tweet us at Will Gav, at Ollie Hunter, at Gridiron to find out where we are. It's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for listening, as always. Ollie's really got to get to work. So, love you, bye. This has been The Gridiron Show. Um. You just fart on my lip, Mike. Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. <laughs> And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today. Everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is a winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportsrelief.com. Sportsrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast.